This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. Welcome to the Center for Sports Studies podcast. My name is Brandon Podgorski, Professor of Sport Management at Trine University, and I want to welcome you to this week's podcast. On today's podcast, I am joined by the purchasing coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Trine University alumna, Brianna Matthews. In her role, Brianna works with a multitude of vendors to provide everything from paper to signage for the Buccaneers. In this episode, Brianna discusses her day-to-day responsibilities with the Buccaneers, the importance of purchasing in the procurement process, and how she patiently waited for her opportunity in order to work in sport. I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, well, it is always exciting anytime we can have one of our alumni come back, or, or more specifically, one of our alumna come back and talk with us. But we've got 2015 Trine University grad marketing major, uh, Bree Matthews. She's a purchasing coordinator with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with us today. Bree, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Happy to be here. Well, it's our pleasure to have you here in live in person. So it's an exciting day for us because we've got you here with us. Um, and you've, you're going to talk about your experience in the NFL with the Bucks, And then we also have your husband, Zach, who was on the podcast uh, last semester. And he's here today doing a workshop on how to land a job in sports. So to kind of have, I guess, the, uh, the first family of sports from Trine <laughs> University here today is, That's us. <laughs> is, is a cool thing. And, and you guys met at Trine and, and got married right after graduation, right? Yeah, that's, yep, that's it. He played lacrosse. I played volleyball and just love in the air. <laughs> Uh, well, not only will you come to Trine and learn all the great things you need to know to, to work in the NFL or, or the um, NHL, like um, both Bree and, and Zach did, but maybe find your mate here Yeah, as well. you so, might. Um, you know, however we can market the school, we're going to do it. Uh, but beyond, beyond your love life, uh, you're the purchasing coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So tell us about that. What's that entail? So being a purchasing coordinator um, specifically for, you know, the Bucks or an NFL team is a lot of, we were talking a little bit before the podcast, it's about being a safety net and making sure that our organization is being as cost effective as possible, running um, our projects through vendors who um, we trust, who have matched our colors, um, who can maintain pricing. Uh, Our colors super important to us. So we have swatches and we do loads of samples, you know, on every different substrate. So signage, paper, clothing, um, you know, heat transfer, anything you can think of that has a color on it we have samples. So using vendors that, um, you know, are using our logo and colors best. Um, Obviously pricing is key. We kind of fall in this pendulum between business admin and our accounting department. So we want to be sure that we're being as cost effective as possible, but also giving, you know, the, uh, you know, premium elite quality that we do want to show all of our fans. And uh, as a purchasing department source, anything from flyers to signage to and promotional products um, that you see out in the market, um, whether it's a community impact event or, um, you know, our marketing um, has like a little street team that goes out and hypes up, you know, the community. So, um, you know, products like that. So it could be like a little koozie um, all the way to our flags and our member gifting um, big stadium signage. I mean, when you walk up to the stadium and just bucks red is everywhere, you know, a lot of that sourcing, um, if not all of it has gone through um, our department in purchasing. So it's a, 
it's kind of a catch-all. You know, we work on every project, every different uh, department within our organization. Um, they are our um, they are our clients, essentially, if you want to put it that way. Um, we work for you know everybody from football to PR to ticketing, and uh, it's a it's a good time. It's really diverse, and we you know I love it. And this is why I was excited to have you on the show because you know if you're listening to this podcast, think about the last time you went to a sporting event and just all the different touch points you have. So you got somebody get, maybe giving you um, a giveaway, like when you walk yeah. in the door, you buy a program, you go to buy um, a hot dog, and there's wax paper, and then you see the signage and all those things. Somebody has to buy that <laughs> exactly. stuff, right? Yeah, like that just is not made yep. out of whole cloth. So you know it's interesting. So. Like how, talk about your background then. Like how did you come to get into purchasing? So um, I had a very different, sto uh, different story and come to sports um, than some of the listeners may have or are looking to have. Um, I started out of college in retail. I think I was a little oversold on a position. I thought it was a little bit more marketing, which was my major. Um, and I know that can happen a little bit. I ended up uh, in retail at Finish Line in a Macy's in downtown Chicago at Water Tower, um, which I love. I was from Chicago and I mean, I commuted every day to the city and I enjoyed it. Retail made sense to me. There was, there was the dollars and cents, but there was also the human interaction, the, you know, I. I really wasn't selling shoes. You either come because you want shoes and need shoes or you don't. Um, nobody's really like, oh, I'm going to go to the mall and these shoes are speaking to me today. I'm just going to drop 120. You know, people are coming because they need tennis shoes. So, you know, I, I got to have and kind of build a foundation, which I didn't really even realize until now, four years into my career, looking back, uh, you know, a lot of those interactions, a lot of how I worked, uh, my work ethic, and mm -hmm. that all uh, came through. So I started uh, in retail and then like we just talked about, I got married uh, and with my husband in sports, we kind of just picked up and moved a bunch of different places. So, um, you know, with him and his sports career, I was just really supportive in that way and could find anything that um, I could to help improve my career, but also support him. So um, when I say support him, it's just we, we had to move a couple of times. So I was had to be willing to do that. Um, so we, when we moved to uh, briefly in Arizona, um, I actually, we were there for such a short amount of time and in a really weird period that getting a job there was near impossible and it was after our wedding. So it was a really short time that I was there. Zach had been there for a while. Um, you know, we didn't um, do that until after we got married, but we moved to Georgia and I started working at this marketing place, which kind of also turned into a sales role where I was interacting with people. Um, and I just knew that that really was that, that true sales aspect was just not my strength. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of transitioned out of that, um, you know, kind of worked some odd and end jobs, coached volleyball, I've played volleyball here at Trine University, go Thunder, um, and loved just coaching. So uh, in Atlanta, I got to coach, which was great. I had done it previously when I lived at home for a high school. Um, and then kind of when that Buccaneers uh, job came available for my husband and we moved down to Tampa, I was like, okay, I'm really going to try and find something that I'm really passionate about and something that is interesting to me because, you know, when he got into sports, I thought that it, it wouldn't quite be an option for me until we really got settled somewhere. So I tried to find avenues of where I had experience, which was retail, 
Um, and one day I was, you know, I'm really into fitness. So I was teaching a spin class at LA fitness and some girl came in and said that she worked at this department store, um, in the buying office. And I was like, well, that kind of sounds interesting. I've had retail experience. So, you know, so anyways, I got connected with her and it's called bells. It's a like Florida only department store. It's there's maybe one outlet just North of the border, um, between Florida and Georgia, but it's a Florida department store. Their headquarters was right where we were living, so it worked out really well. Um, I became a merchandise assistant, which essentially meant the buyer made the buys and wanted the units, the SKUs, the quantities, everything, and I hand keyed all the orders. But part of that was making sure um, the things that were showing on sale, like the 30% off, I had to pull and learn to pull all those SKUs so that when you went to the register with an item that was 30% off, it actually rang up as 30% off. So going through all that, I got a little bit of advertising because we would take all of our um, items that we wanted on sale, the samples, we'd take them and they'd get shot for the magazine or, um, you know, the flyers and things like that. So I got to work in a couple of different areas within retail um, that gave me that experience. And about six months into that, I, I had been pretty keen on staying. I had just gotten a raise actually. Uh, my husband, Zach sent me, um, an internal posting for the purchasing coordinator role. And I was reading the, you know, description and I was like, I hand key orders every day. This sounds perfect. I can do this like purchase orders. That's what I do. Uh, ended up applying and, you know, that's just the building, the connections. And I did, you know, my husband didn't land me that role. He mm-hmm. sent me the opportunity. Um, I had been making connections with his manager and anybody that I had come in contact with, with the Buccaneers. Um, anytime we went to an event together, um, you know, I made a lot of those connections. So because of that, his manager was willing to send my resume, resume and vouch for me um, to the, the manager. And I got, a, I got an interview. I, I still ask him to this day. I was like, you know, how, right? Everyone has all this experience, you know, how? And um, he said, I just interviewed really well. I was personable and just felt like somebody that he could really work with. And I've been there four years. So uh, it's been a really great experience in that retail. It is not like a buying office. I'll tell you that right now, the purchasing role. Um, But that experience has really helped me just excel in, in this department. So was working in sports something that you wanted to do while you were an undergrad or was it, hey, the opportunity came up, let's go? I really envisioned myself working in sports. I love sports, grew up in Chicago. I mean, if anybody here or listens to this is from Chicago, you know that we're pretty proud fans. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I grew up a huge Bears, Bulls, Blackhawks fan. And I just really envisioned myself living in the city, working for a sports team, just really, I tried to get internships in sports, um, you know, like minor league in Chicago, and it just never quite worked out. And then when I met Zach, and you know, those, those plans went right out the window, I was like, I'm going back to Chicago, and he had the sports management degree, and it was really, it's one of the things that, you know, I really admire about him is he's extremely um, devoted and dedicated to something that he's really passionate about. And I mean, you guys heard him talk on the podcast. If you haven't, you guys should go back and listen to it. But he applied for like 200 jobs um, in sports. And I knew that if that was the path he was taking and we were going to get married and and be together, that, you know, there was going to be a time where I would have to support him and not just chase after that sporting career. Um, I mean, it's always in my mind. I always wanted 
always wanted to, um, always, always hopeful and just really thankful that the opportunity came when it did. It's a great story because, you know, you've got this passion to work in sport, but you're still, and it's something that I try to talk with, with students. Okay, you want to work in sport. It doesn't work right out of college. It's all right. You were still building skills, whether you knew it or not, that eventually were going to transfer. So it sounds like a lot of what you do in your job is kind of along the lines of procurement. Yes. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Um, so talk about that as far as you know what you know maybe with other teams or other leagues um, do teams usually have any type of procurement staff if so how big are they because you know if you're a marketing student listening to this and thinking I want to work in sport but like you said I don't want to work in sales or you know I don't want to be in accounting and finance I don't want to be the mascot I don't want to pull tarp I don't want to do any of that but working in marketing or buying or purchasing sounds really interesting are there opportunities out there? Absolutely. Um, there are so many opportunities. I think that, um, you know, that was a mistake I, I made coming out of college was thinking that sales was the only route mm. um, and really uh, knowing that that was the only, that was the only thing I'd really heard from anybody was like, you know, sales positions. And so I didn't really think about it. I thought marketing. And when I think marketing, I'm thinking like straight to like the VP level. Yeah. Um, I wasn't thinking a lot of these teams um, anywhere, you know, I'm well connected throughout many uh, different leagues, but um, their, their staff is, uh, it's not huge, but it's big enough. You know, a lot of the marketing teams have at least five people, um, not including their VPs and chiefs, um, you know, purchasing itself and procurement, which I'll speak to. There are roles like that at teams. They may not be labeled as procurement or purchasing, um, but those things, tasks need to be done. Um, so when you're looking for a job, you know, and you're not just looking into the sales roles, really really see, you know, is community impact, like, are there, is there a coordinator role within that um, department that aligns with something that I'm passionate about or that I'm interested in? So, you know, for me, uh, you know, just speaking directly from working from the NFL, um, that I know of, we're one of maybe two or three teams total that have a true purchasing department um, that, that solely focus on procurement and um, you know, cost savings and, um, you know, quality of product. But that does not mean that those positions are not within the organization. They may not just be a specific department um, and they just may be structured a little bit differently. But every team itself in the league has a different structure of what positions are called and what they yeah. do. So um, I would just really encourage people to read through the description and reach out and ask more about the role before you apply if it's something that you're interested in. This is great advice. So this is the second podcast in a row where we've had somebody speak to this. One, um, looking through positions. So even if you're a freshman, sophomore, you know, if you're a senior, it's not too late, but you know, it's time, it's time to yeah, go. Yeah, it's time but, to do something. <laughs> um, but if you're a freshman, sophomore, junior, um, looking at different roles in sport, whether you get on Teamwork Online or, you know, you go to the Bucks website or LinkedIn and just find a few jobs that you would be interested in, in looking at the job description and do I have the skills that fit these 10 things, right? And if yeah. not, okay, you've got some time, go get them. And another thing you said, kind of, you talked about a coordinator role. Um, you're looking for entry level jobs. You're not going to go right in to your point as the VP of marketing. Yeah. I wish it would happen <laughs> right, that'd be for, one of, for one of our grads, but you know, it just, it takes time yeah, to absolutely. build that up. Um, so you talked about looking at things with the title of coordinator, uh, assistant, associate. That's a great place to kind of start. So I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up with the box or you know just kind of in your current role what's your day-to-day -day look like so day-to-day -day, uh in purchasing just really looks 
it looks different. And I think almost anybody in sports could tell you that, um, you know, right now we're in the off season and uh, it, it's busy. There's different projects. Um, off season, if you think about it, is preparing for season. Mm. And the reality of it is, is it's really not that far away. Uh, although it just finished, you know, training camp starts in July um, for every NFL team. So I have half of February, if that the Super Bowl was late this year. So February, March, April, May, I pretty much have four and a half to five months to purchase almost everything I need for an entire season. And, you know, and not just that, any event leading up to get the hype around getting tickets and in procurement, you'll learn like, you know, there's a Chinese new year that comes into play and we get a lot of things from overseas and COVID really affected that. And so we had a, we had a really uh, interesting last couple of years with delays and not just with, you know, promotional products. We're talking like big vendors that we use for everything and having delays just with the, the state of the world. So we, um, have a lot of things that we have to kind of overcome um, in purchasing, but. So let me piggyback off that okay. a little bit. You know, you've got your normal timeline in a year. So pre-COVID, like, you know, we'll order things here, it'll come here and we're going to be good. Yes. Right? Yeah. There's always going to be Absolutely. delays and you put in contingencies. And um, I know, I'm sure the Bucks are really good about that. But now in COVID world, everything is totally upside down and on its head. So have you ran into some difficulties or maybe just some like general broad things that you're dealing with now because of COVID? Oh, absolutely. Um, and I think that ties into like the original question of like day to day is things are just different. Timelines are different. Um, you know, my 30 to 60 day turnaround um, using air freight is now 120 plus days because you have to build in the potential of it getting stuck at customs, right? It's not necessarily it leaving, um, you know, getting produced uh, you know, for a while there, it was potentially getting produced because, you know, the factories wanted to be safe. And if there was an outbreak of COVID, they wanted to make sure that all the employees were protected and, and home and not in the environment. So, you know, and I, I appreciate that they would do that, but it also would delay our timeline. So the time is really of the essence when you're looking at a calendar year and you have, you have hard event dates given by the league and you have to abide by those. So trying to back and plan and, and see where you can kind of find money to make sure it gets here on time and uh, things like that. But, you know, that was a day-to-day -day, uh, conversation struggle. One day my package and our, our shipment would be coming in on time. And then the next morning I'd wake up with an update and, you know, now we're kind of scrambling to make sure that, um, you know, we, we have what we need when we need it and finding ways to get it there, you know, there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of magic that goes into some of these, um, you know, processes and orders, but, and it would come from anything from a promotional item to, you know, one of our like league vendors, you know, and that's to no fault of anybody's. It's just, unfortunately, the, the, the time and space that we were in and all doing it from home was, was even more fun. <laughs> So are you, do you do anything on the, um, on the football side? Are you responsible for getting anything like gear, equipment and stuff like that as well? That's, um, that's actually one of everyone's favorite question to ask. Yeah. Um, we have an entire equipment staff okay. that is well-trained in what each individual player needs. Um, you'll find that across any league. One, one player uses one pair of shoulder pads, another, a different one. Some need them new every year. Some don't. Some have them from college. You can see them on, you see on the field, you know, you have somebody with an LSU pads on still, um, and, you know, their shoulder, their uh, jersey shoulder pops up and they got their blue and gold on or their um, purple and gold. Sorry. You know, so we don't do much of the football. I mean, I definitely, we definitely work with the coaching staff um, in purchasing. We work very well as like a unit with every department, but buying specifically for um, players or our coaching staff is all done through our amazing equipment team. 
Okay, and I think a lot of students are, are aware that there are equipment staffs, and so they're the ones who are gonna take care of kind of the on-field stuff, but everything else in the organization, and like I like to say, you got the business side, which is like 85% everything, and then yep. the player side's really only kind of 15. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people are seeing, again, when they come in, they're seeing your handiwork, even if they don't understand, there's a whole big office Absolutely, behind absolutely. So, what do, so with that, what do you think is the most rewarding part of your job? Oh my gosh, uh, I I have a lot. Um, I I really love seeing when projects come to fruition, and you put a lot of really hard work on it, and then finally, like you see it. And there's a lot of you know, there's some pain, sometimes tears, depending on the you know the project. But you know, of you know having to cut a vendor loose because it's not what you want, or you know, t bidding a project for a month and a half with somebody, and then telling them like, hey, I have to go with this vendor. So there's there's a little bit of that, which is you know the struggle, but the reward is seeing it completed and um, you know how the fan is enjoying it and how proud people are when they get it. Um, I really love doing the big stuff for the in-game entertainment. Our events and entertainment staff is truly amazing. Uh, and you'll see it at any NFL, I'm biased, I think the Bucks have the best one, but at any NFL stadium you see like anything that's been put in the seats. Um, you know, we had these huge end zone flags um, that we got made you know, and I was a part of that, you know, we're a part of our ring of honor that like when we, you know, nominate an old um, uh, alumni from the Buccaneers and we get to put their name on the side of our stadium and, you know, that that goes to the purchasing department. So when we get to reveal a banner on game day, like we're a part of that. So um, just really seeing all your hard work, you, there it really is a light at the end of the tunnel and all your projects and you mm -hmm. get to see it happen. Some kind of quickly go by in the breeze because you're already on to the next thing, but there are some that you can really just, um, you know, bask in your hard work and know that you did a good job. So I'm assuming you, you guys, uh, your office works pretty closely with the activation side as well on sponsorships and things like that. Yes and no. Okay. Um, a lot of corporate partners and partnerships is kind of, I won't talk too much on it because I'm not well versed, right. yeah. but that is, um, that's a relationship that they have with their partners. And what I, you know, what purchasing can do is making sure that the vendors are using um, the proper vendors or the, the partners using the proper vendors um, that are league uh, licensed to make sure that they're co-branding properly. Um, you know, they have, you know, their money and their activation with, you know, our team and, and what their deal is. We are involved in certain deals when they, when they require to, but um, not completely. And I think I was thinking more of like providing things like signage and things. Like oh, that. absolutely. Okay, yes. Good. I'm sorry. I was no, like, oh, I, 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 I can't dive into activation. No, 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 no. <laughs> I know you're not on the sponsorship yeah. side, but I know, um, again, like when I was uh, doing sponsorship in baseball and then it goes to our activation person. Um, they still had those vendors they needed to work with to actually put the like outfield wall signs yes, up and absolutely. stuff like that. So I'm assuming that you guys do a lot of, on that side. Absolutely. Um, any in, in co-branding, um, which, you know, we love to do with our partners, it really okay. just adds value for them and us. Um, you know, we, we work through that whole process. It's very similar. Um, you know, the league, as any league, has royalties and, and things that need to be applied. So we really help them just utilize the proper channels. And um, a lot of times it is uh, through the purchasing department, but they are all also allowed to, as the, as the partner, go on and, and do something their own as long as they're, you know, respecting the, the vendor process. So do trademarks um, or any type of trademark infringement, does that come through your guy's office or does that go other places? So it's pretty much through the league office. Okay. Um, and that's for any league across the board that I am aware of. Okay. Um, I, 
I pride myself on being as much of a rule follower as possible. Um, you want to be sure that you're always using the proper logos that they're going through the correct vendors who are paying for a license from the NFL to make sure that, you know, our branding is, you know, in align with who we are as a team and who the NFL wants to, um, you know, present their, their team logos, because in the end of the day, they're the, they're the league's, marks um you know so there are some some things there but the league really handles that and i'm very thankful for it because it would add <laughs> like a very complicated layer to purchasing gotcha so you talked about or you've at least hinted at some of the things that you've been a part of as far as like in-game promotions and marketing and, and signage and things like that as you think back in your career in your four years with the Bucks, has there been any type of promotion or anything that you've done or been a part of or like, well, that was just really neat. Like it kind of first kind of pops in your head when somebody asked you that, like that was kind of awesome. Um, there's, there's a couple of different ones. Obviously it depends on like where I'm at right in season right now I'm in off season. So my mind is really gearing towards our member, our crew member gifts. Okay. Um, so when you become a season pass holder, you know, we, we do, you know, like many teams do a gift for everybody and, um, when we signed Bruce Arians, uh, we did a really cool member gift. Um, he is very famous for the Kangle hat, uh -huh. and we uh, custom made them for um, our members. Oh, and cool. it was a really long, uh, grueling process with a lot of samples, um, but it was really rewarding when you started seeing everybody show up to the stadium uh, wearing them. So it was, it's always fun. You can just kind of look out and be like, man, I did that. That's awesome. And, and again, you know, everybody's a part of it. They're getting, um, they're getting all the benefits of your work, kind of a thankless job, an important job, but a thankless job, yeah, but it is absolutely. cool to kind of sit back and look and yeah, like, I did that. I did that. Yeah. yeah that's very cool. Um, so if you got any students who would ever come to you and say, you know, this sounds really fascinating. I didn't even know an opportunity or a job like this in sport existed. Um, is there any advice you would give them maybe as far as like uh, classes they should take, experience they should get, networking they should do, anything like that? It's been a while. I'm not quite sure even what's offered, but, um, you know, obviously stick to your requirements. You want to graduate. Very important. Yes. Um, I would really utilize your professors the best you can. Ask them their experiences. You know, they were, they may have had careers before they were professors, so see what their experiences were. You know, I would default, you know, I'd, I'd ask Professor Pod if they, you know, if there's anything suited for you and like what you're interested in. I personally uh, would say take like, take the non-mathematical classes, right? I know you have to, to re require to for, um, you know, although there are accountants, like if you are in accounting and you want to work in sports, there are positions, yep. so do it, yep. you know, but if, if uh, numbers are not your strong suit, don't, don't force yourself into more of those classes, right? Really learn how to make goals, utilize your time, you know, organizational behavior, like things that really can help you, you know, HR, like take mm -hmm. classes that are really going to help you build um, you know, that maybe are based off of some good, like, books, like, old, like, I've read Seven Habits in, um, oh, I forgot whose class it was, it was a night class, but, you know, that's something that we still, I still look back on, so I apologize, I don't know a lot of names of classes these days. That's, okay. that's totally fine. <laughs> okay. What about, and again, every, I think every department in sport is different, but, you know, in something like purchasing, is there experience that would be required or if you would be looking at a resume, if you're a hiring manager, kind of in a position like a manager of purchasing or VP mm -hmm. or whatever it would be, are there, are there certain experiences that a, a student needs to get? Absolutely. Um, you know, 
because of the role of purchasing itself, and this would be for really any company you're dealing with, people internally and externally with a lot of different personalities, and mm. you have to <laughs> learn to be okay and adapt to somebody else may need their hand held through a project, and somebody else may just need one email, and you follow back up a month later, and it's already done. So just learning how to interact with different people. So experience on that would be you know, maybe some customer service experience, you know, it doesn't have to be where you sit at a desk and, you know, take phone calls all the time, but, you know, were you a sales associate? Like, how can you put yourself in front of people and, and be exposed to different personalities, you know, finding experiences like that for my role in, as a coordinator, you know, retail is helpful, but it's not needed. And, and when I say retail is helpful, um, you know, I don't know, want to know that you've been like stocking the shelves at, you know, Gap, but like, how, how are you managing inventory? Like, how are you, um, you know, relaying all this information? Like, do you, you know, just some of the, like the back work versus mm -hmm. yeah, I work in retail. I used to ring people up at the register, right. you know, which you can also spin into, you know, that personality, uh, like learning about different people and, you know, working through that. But I would definitely say find um, opportunities to get in front of different people, you know, whether it's an internship, here at Trine. I don't know what those look like, but how can you um, manage something, right? And make it your own and make projects your own. Um, because that is what's going to stand out is like how you, how you created a project or how you took a project and, and gave it your own spin and how it became better. Um, you know, I'm not looking for somebody with six years purchasing experience. Mm -hmm. You're looking for somebody who can really grow into the role and that you can kind of help mold into um, the best person they can be, but also the best person for your department. So one thing I'm hearing as you talk about that, sports seems like a really people-involved business. It absolutely is. Okay, so having some of those skills, and, and I, I thought you actually really, you said it really elegantly as talking about, you know, reading, learning, and, and maybe some of those management courses where you learn how to get along with people. Yeah. Um, just in, in my experience, and, and I hate to make these these episodes about me but I mean when I was working in baseball you're in from eight to five and then you're there at the game from mm -hmm. seven to twelve <laughs> and you're in tight quarters with people yeah. you better be able to get along and absolutely like you, said, you know sport and this is the beauty of sport and, and pro sport amateur sport whatever it would be you know not one type of person consumes the bucks mm -hmm. you know as, I, as I'm looking at your resume and you know working at Beals you might only have like certain type of people who shop at Beals or certain yes. type of people who shop at a Victoria's Secret, whatever it would <laughs> okay. be, right? Um, but sport, everybody consumes. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, you do have to have those people skills. It's one of my strong suits, and I've learned that through through working for the organization. Awesome. And then um, last question, since we're the only ones who, who probably are going <laughs> to listen to this podcast, so you can feel free to tell the truth. Uh, is Tom Brady really coming back? Oh my gosh. I don't think I'm at liberty to say anything, but he's retired. And that's all I have to say. I I will probably know when the whole world does, honestly. I don't know. That's what everyone, I mean, people ask it all the time or when we signed Brady, but one, I'm probably not at liberty to talk about it. And two, I don't have anything to talk about. I don't know anything. I'm just as in the dark as everybody else. All right. Well, looking at her face, it seems like she's telling the truth. So we'll end on that. Uh, Bree Matthews, 2015 grab from Trine University, now the purchasing coordinator at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. And it's awesome to have you and Zach on campus. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Be sure to download our next episode on Tuesday, March 15th, as we talk with the Trine University National Collegiate Sports Sales Championship team. 
As always, we'd like to say a special thank you to producer Josh Hornbacher for his work behind the scenes today. This is the Center for Sports Studies podcast, broadcasting from the Trine Broadcasting Network. If you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe to the Center for Sports Studies podcast on your favorite podcasting platform and give us a five-star rating if you like what you heard. For more information about the Center for Sports Studies, please visit trine.edu. Also, be sure to like the Trine Center for Sports Studies on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TrineCSS, and subscribe to our YouTube page by searching for the Trine University Center for Sports Studies on YouTube. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.